can't take a show seriously when it's just like treating me like just a fucking mas master ugh, master masturbator. Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Nitai, the poser extraordinaire, the one and only, and tonight, I'm joined by the wonderful wizard of Weiwat Shinoda. I'm so very tired. I moved a house today. How was that? It was tiring. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't be nice to friends. Well, get ready. We're, we're in for an arousing episode. And also, we have the preacher of thighs himself, Ike Senpai. Oh, you can call me darling, and I'm going to try really hard not to cough through this whole damn episode. I have, <laughs> I'm still recovering from the flu, so I'm sorry if you hear me cough once or twice. I'm going to try and mute my mic every time I have to cough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. We'll, that's fine. It'll be a good time tonight. Okay. Um, before we get into uh, tonight's little topic, first, a bit of housekeeping. Um, the best boy and best girl for the year 2017, like the polls themselves are up. Yes, They're on the, the website on anime. Yeah, fuck yeah. They're on animeclubafterearth.com. Go over there and vote for your favorite best boys and best girls. Um, on the boys' side, we have the great, the one and only Araragi against uh, the cinema role, Rei Kiriyama. Uh, both of them, good good choices. On best girl, we have uh, Akari from uh, March Comes in Like a Lion and Hitagi from Monogatari. So quite the power couples we have here. Yeah, I though... found, found it quite uh, ironic that it came down to Shaft versus Shaft for the uh, final mm-hmm. for 2017. <laughs> yeah, Shaft uh, knocked it out of the park. In for sure. There's something also, else we need to talk about. It was oh, your birthday this that? week. It was. <laughs> Happy birthday. Actually. Thank you. Thank you. Was uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. Thank You're you. finally old enough to drink in the States. <laughs> well, here in Israel, we're like a lot from 18, so I'm good, but thanks for letting me know. Now <laughs> I can come over and just get wasted all the time. Yes, and do poses with me and Riker. Oh, we should. It does <laughs> sing great days all day long. Let's just do it. <laughs> Alright, so now that all, all of that housekeeping is out of the way, uh, let's move on to tonight's topic. Tonight, we're talking about something quite arousing. Uh, fan service. Fan service is uh, a big part of anime. You could say it's uh, almost, some would say, even ingrained to our culture, small culture of anime. Um, to the animation, Fan service would pretty much mean like the general term of fan service that that like the meaning of it that every otaku uses is pretty much friends, like servicing the fans literally. Whenever you see like a very hot girl or a very buff dude, that's that's fan service pretty much. You whenever you see a panty shot or some muscles being flexed, that's fan service. That's true. That's, like, and also with... like if you really like moe girls and there's a moe girl in a show. That's technically fan service to you. That's technically fan service, for sure. So all of you Moe Blobs lovers, just go ahead and enjoy your Moe Blobs. That's good on you. Uh, hmm. So 
I think first, first before we delve delve into like what we think are good examples of fan service and bad ones, uh, what do we think about fan service in general? Actually, I want to know what you guys have to say. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, I think that that, that um, fan service definitely has a place, not just in anime, but just in fiction in general. Um, because it is all about servicing the fans, as the term itself points out, like you mentioned. Um, I think that fan service, though, just for the sake of having fan service, can actually detract from the quality of a show. Um, John and I were talking about this the other day, and he mentioned uh, Infinite Stratos. Like, on, on the surface, it could be a good show, but there's a bunch of fan service that just distracts from the whole thing and kind of lowers the quality a bit. And, and I, I agree with him on that. I definitely think that it, it does. Um, but I definitely think it has a place, and I think that it has a use, and I think that it can actually service the story and the characters and the overall plot. And I think when fan service is used that way, it's actually a good thing. Mm. I can see that. Um, Chinoda? Uh, I flippin' love it. I do wish uh, <laughs> that it was more carefully done, but otherwise I do uh, like it. Mm. Yeah. You slut. Yeah. <laughs> This is why we yeah. can't have nice things, Shinoda. <laughs> I would agree with, with both of you that it's like there's a place for it. I remember at first when I got into anime, I was like, that's weird that there's so much of this in anime, but okay, sure. And maybe I've gotten either used or jaded to it. You pick whatever <laughs> you you think suits the, Could be both. the topic at hand. Um, but I think there's like there is a place for it when it's done right because it does allow for like some really i don't know some very interesting moments like if they would have like toned it down it it just it wouldn't have worked and that's the same i think for violence in anime it's not the fact that i choose to not tone it down in a lot of cases just to just like make the story that much more interesting and um yeah that's i think it's an interesting like thought um yeah I mean, and, and violence itself can be fan service, especially there, there's shows sure. out there that blend violence and sexual fan service together, which is there's one of those shows that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, I mean, like one of the most popular shows of the year, and, and we just started was Devilman Crybaby, and that show is ultra violent, ultra sexual, and both of those things work to like be part of the story. They're not just there for like shock value. They're there, like they are there for shock value, but not only that. Um, which is I find pretty fascinating. That show is. Bizarre. I still have to watch that show. <laughs> Don't yes, hate me. <laughs> uh, just get ready. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard things. Some things. Mm. Yeah, Devil Crybaby is weird. Anyway, now um, that we're done with that, let's get into like let's first get into good uh, examples of fan service. Okay, so I'll I'll throw into the ring one first. Uh, one of my favorite comedies in anime is Shimonetta. Now, Shimonetta is about a world where sexual uh, jokes are not allowed and you can't um, really express yourself sexually because it's like a dictatorship and that's the whole... <laughs> dictatorship. Uh... God damn it. God damn it. I'm oh, sorry. here we go. Here we go. No, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's a world about where, like, in Japan, so the society is like a dictatorship where you can't make, uh, like 
jokes about porn and like porn itself is like being destroyed and confiscated and stuff and that show is just takes the concept of fan service and goes all out with it like it's insane you have like this dolly who draws porn with her mouth because she can't with her hands because they'll detect her hand movement it's <laughs> incredible my god watch the dub and <laughs> the dub like, is so show, much better than the sub i'm just gonna throw uh, that out there yeah you're not wrong and that show wouldn't work with without the fan service in it. and ironically the funny part is like it was even censored when it was aired on tv so yeah which is it's funny because that's like the, the whole the show, show is was a, a social commentary on uh exactly. censorship and such exactly and it, the ir- irony of it getting censored it was it was yeah the, like it was commentary on censorship it was commentary on uh, so on japan itself and how they view sex and that's fascinating that that like a show could like do that and it's still be entertaining in my opinion like it was it's a brilliant comedy if you haven't seen it it's and you're like interested in that topic of like sex and you know like fan service in shows i think that's like a really good place to start if you're into that humor it's really fantastic so that's yeah. like that's my first pick i think i think that the, the... The fan service in Shimaneta definitely works in terms of the comedy that's in it because mm-hmm. it, the, a lot of the fan service that's in the show, not to spoil anything, because if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, it's hysterical. But it, the, the comedy and the fan service itself kind of serves to show how sexually repressed the society is. And I think yeah. that's how the that's how the fan service is used. And I think that it's definitely one of the ways that fan service can be used as a force for good storytelling. Mm-hmm. For sure. Shimaneta's a great Nectar. example of that. Which, honestly, that it Nectar, isn't used like that enough. Do what? What do you uh, say, Shinoda? I said it honestly isn't used like that enough. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's yeah. It, like like I said before, it's definitely not fan service for fan service sake. There's definitely a point to it in Shimaneta, and that's, I think, a theme with a lot of these things that we're calling good fan service are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Shimaneta is hysterical. You, you all should go and give it a shot. Anyway, um... Any show you guys would like to mention that does fan service good? Um, well, I can mention one in the same vein as Shimonetta, um, especially yeah. with the comedy, and that's a show and a manga, in, uh, incidentally, called "Is This a Zombie?" Now, if oh, you've I've never seen this show, it's it's hysterically funny, and it delves into it delves into all bunch of different uh, sexual themes like cross dressing and transsexualism and crazy shit like that. But a lot of the comedy is comes from the sh- in the show comes from like the <clears throat> bizarre, crazy sexual situations that the protagonist finds himself in with this group of girls. So it kind of borders on that sort of harem fan service, but it's also tied in as like a like a fantasy sitcom. So it's got a lot going on. But all of the fan service in this show definitely serves the point of the comedy. And there's break dancing in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. The main character is a break. It does break dancing, and it's it's phenomenal, especially when his pants come off. <clears throat> Amazing anime. Thank you. Yeah, and, and if you've never if you've never if you've never seen it, first of all, it's based on a manga, and it's based on a really edgy manga, um, where the first not to spoil anything, but the very first panel of the first page of the first volume is a completely out of context panty shot, which throughout the course of the first chapter you see what the point of it is. So that's how the fan service is used in this zombie, sort of similar to Shimonetta. 
I'm not, not a lot of people have seen it's this is zombie so yeah i've never heard of it till then so it's really it's good the, the, it's it's known way more by its japanese title which is kore wa zombie desika i think bless you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just looking it up it's by dean which is pretty interesting yeah it's it's Talking definitely it's dean that. it's dean doing a good show back when dean was shit Oh wow, that is. I mean, Dean brought brought one of the greatest shows of all time with Show Again on Kurakuga Shinju, so they can do some stuff when they feel like. It. <laughs> Konosuba, and that as well, very true. Um, Shinoda, any show you would like to mention? Yes, yes, there is. <laughs> I will mention. Uh, shall we get into Devilman Crybaby or Kill a Kill? What do you guys think? Mm, I, I think... say I say kill a kill because that's yeah. actually been out for a lot longer. <laughs> so right. yeah, correct me if I'm wrong before yeah. we get into kill because I haven't seen it. But from what from the very like very few details that I've heard about it, and I'm going to watch it eventually. From what I've heard, the show really doesn't work without the fan service. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. I would completely agree with that. That the, the story you couldn't sell the story without the fan service. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Chinoda? Like it is that. Fan service is so is so important to the show because it is actually morals, ethics, all types of um those types of things, empowerment. A lot of it is actually tied around this fan service, and it's actually done in a really brilliant way that actually makes it okay and like actually <laughs> wonderful to watch. Like most people would say, oh, fan service, bleh, they're just not into it. Like um, yeah. uh, uh, some more prudish people let's say i have a friend that's like that um she's not really into the, uh that type of stuff but she saw mm. kill a kill and she's like holy shit they actually did it in a really amazing way and everything's explained too but they did it cleverly yeah everything that has a purpose exactly yeah. and thanks to that it can actually be beloved uh without being hated on like it's mm -hmm. not just oh here's some fan service just for the shits and giggles no there is an actual reason for fan service in this show mm -hmm. yeah, and then you have scenes that are completely out in left field you actually okay spoil slight spoiler alert um you get to see two women finger bang each other <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. I honestly okay. don't remember that. <laughs> I can't believe that. I, I how could you forget? I've had a very long day. That's how. <laughs> and it's my memory. Do you even have to question? Well, okay. Yeah, I got it. Makes no senses. But yeah, I, like I, I completely agree with just about everything Chinoda said. Like, if you're a prude, like you're not gonna understand Kill a Kill because it actually relies on its fan. I mean, it's about sentient clothing. I mean, it kind of really? goes with the territory. <laughs> thank you, I mean, Trigger. Yeah, thank thank you, Trigger. <laughs> the same, and it's hard to believe that the same studio that gave us this gave us the kid-friendly Little Witch Academia. <laughs> you say kid-friendly, but have you seen that show? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Yuri bait in it. I know. Oh yeah. Oh, God damn it, Japan. <laughs> Aqua and Diana for life. <laughs> OTP right. OTP <laughs> God damn it. Um yeah. Okay. Enough with trigger for now. Let's move on. We will come back to trigger later, I'm sure. Oh yeah. And I think another show that 
yeah, this next show is I'm currently watching it, and both Axe and I just adore it. It's incredible. Monogatari does fan service very well and very differently, and yeah. I think that yeah. and that's mainly because of Nisio Isin and what kind of writer he is. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah, Nisio Isin is just an otaku, and more than that, it's a very self-indulgent otaku. So he would write into his stories all of these moments of fan service that sometimes are like brilliant, and then sometimes that are just like like super like fourth wall breaking like it's blatant yeah absolutely and there's i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie there's been a few moments in the monogatari series it's made me question my sexuality (laughs) listen when (laughs) when you see when you see so many panty shots of hajikuchi you can only look at that so many times where you think am i a lolicon you, you awful human being. <laughs> you truly are. And then you realize yeah. you want a donut. <laughs> Donuts are the best. <laughs> but I think the brilliant... But, yeah, the brilliant of Monogatari comes from Nisio isn't just being that self-indulgent. Like, there's a literal moment... Because, okay. There's a literal moment in second season specifically. And you know what I'm talking about, Lex. That it involves... I know what you're talking about. Spoiler Tsubasa. alert. Yeah, I'm not gonna go into it. Let's just say two girls are gonna shower together. It's quite the thing, quite the thing to behold. But they, they before that they they talk to each other and stuff and talk about stuff related to the plot and the characters and you know. And then like one of them suggests taking a bath together. And she says, Let, "Yeah, let's do it for the sake of Aragi, aka let's do it for the sake of the fans." So it's he just likes doing that shit whenever you think it just would work and i don't know for some reason it really works for me and then aside from that it just goes into the comedy itself there are so many like moments that it's just stupid fan service for comedy sake and then you have moments like back in episode one that's like that first like uh, hitagi shower scene that that's like very important to like her character and you sort of on a more uh, subconscious level just helps you like get to understand her and yeah. I think that's brilliant. That I think all I think of that actually is just you know in one show. I think it's unique. Yeah, I think, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of the fan service in Monogatari goes to serve the characters and their motivations. Mm-hmm. You get to learn a lot about the characters in Monogatari through the fan service they're portrayed by. Really, yeah. that's, you learn that's this a good lot with way of doing it. In in Baki Monogatari specifically, and in um, second season you pretty much learn everything you need to know about Nadako's character through the fan service that she's portrayed mm. with. Very true. <clears throat> and oh. then, like, and not, and not just, like, the, the, um, the, um, and, uh, like, that kind of fan service, also, like, the freaking, well, the last opening of second season is sort of a fan service-ish thing, you know, when you think about it? Because it plays into Nadako's, like, love for I'm not gonna say it, but you know what I mean. And then, okay. I know exactly OP, what you mean, and I completely agree. Yeah, the aesthetic of the last OP of second season works in, is also a type of fan service because it works into Nadeko's character. I'm not gonna say more because it's incredible. I love it. <laughs> I also got to hear Kaiki oh. sing, and I got a boner. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Damn. Kaiki, best girl. Yes. Wow. <laughs> man, I love that man so much. Best, Best character theme. It's up there with the best character themes in anime. I'm just going to say that. Absolutely. Shall we move on to something completely different? Go for it. I want to talk about Evangelion. 
so I know. Well, it, hey, it's a classic at this point, and I'm not talking about the new movies. I'm specifically talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion from the, ni- the mid '90s, um, and the subsequent movie uh, End of Evangelion. Um, ah, so good. I, it is. Um, it definitely. It's one of those things where if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, it's a yeah, classic. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. a classic for a reason. Like um, whether you just... watch the anime or the movies, honestly, although it is very much worth it to watch the shows from what little I have seen, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, just forgive the animation in the last two episodes. I'm just throw that out there. Honestly, um, if you don't tell people that, it'll still like mind fuck with them, and it's that's. Oh, beautiful. it will. It will. I love that. It will. It just looks like it was drawn with a crayon. Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm not exaggerating. Oh, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of fan service in Evangelion. Um, of course, a lot of the characters, especially the main characters in Evangelion, are teenagers. Um, mm-hmm. And young teenagers at that. And one thing that teenagers all go through is puberty. <laughs> and if you look at the entire plot of Evangelion and a lot of the metaphors that the fan service is used to portray... A lot of the fan service in Evangelion serves to illustrate the different struggles of going through puberty. I mean, it's not a gracious, it's not a beautiful, and it's not a wonderful thing to go through. It's kind of messy, and it's kind of confusing, and I think that the fan service in Evangelion that we get definitely portrays that really well, especially a certain scene in End of Evangelion that we all know what I'm talking about. That's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. God damn it, you made me cough. <laughs> Sorry. Die, die, die. Um, oh my god. Um, but I mean, okay. Massive spoiler alert for End of Evangelion. I have to mention it. So, mm-hmm. alright. So, the beginning about, of the movie. About, well, yeah. It's almost at the very beginning. Um, yeah. You get to, you're you're treated to this wonderful scene where Shinji is in a hospital room with an is she unconscious or is she actually in a coma? She's a comatose. Okay, she's she is comatose. comatose. Yeah. And you the the scene kind of pans comatose around for a bit. The scene just kind of pans around for a bit and like not really focusing on anything. And then all of a sudden you hear Shinji go, uh <laughs> and, and then, then it, it just <laughs> And then it cuts to a scene where he's just looking at his hand and it's covered in cum. And so, you know what just happened. Yeah. First I watched, I was like, wait, what? But that's what I mean. Like, it definitely, like, those are the, you have those kind of thoughts when you're going through puberty. You have really fucked up thoughts when you're going through puberty. Yeah, but it's you like, you may not always act on, act on them, but you have those thoughts. What's that, Shinoda? Uh, I said, and sometimes people do act on uh, these kind of thoughts. Like, yeah, that's but, the thing. but I, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you have these thoughts, and some people act on them. Most people don't, but some people do act and, on them. And here's the fascinating thing: you do have a character in Evangelion that acts on that thoughts. I mean, Misato, her whole character, um, like the like the fuck the fucked up thing about her is that she is just she just doesn't know how to um, express her feelings without like without fucking someone she's a that's the only way she she manages to express herself and that's through her sexuality in the show you'll find it constantly whenever it whenever she hooks up with uh i forgot his name shit that dude you know who um, I'm talking yeah about. god what was his name i forgot uh here, starts with an r anyway, <laughs> i know it starts with an r i'll look it up later um it's so whenever she hooks up with him 
or it's whenever or in end of Evangelion itself when she just kisses Shinji, and that's also because she just doesn't know how to express herself. She she, she just does that through her sexuality. So you have like Evangelion just like takes all di- like a lot of different routes with how it approach approaches fanservice and sexuality. His like, name is again, Ryuji, in... by the way. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So again, in the like. In that first scene of End of Evangelion, it's basically Hidekiano saying, Otaku's, fuck you, stop masturbating to, like, 2D characters. But then you have that whole development with Misato that's, like... I think it's just brilliant how well the show uses sexuality and fan service itself in different ways that all, like, work to either comment on something that the that the creators, like, have thoughts on or, like, develop a character in a certain way. I think it's, like, very masterfully done in Evangelion. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, and also, Misato is a borderline pedophile. Just gonna throw that I out love, there. I know, but borderline. <laughs> she, I mean, she openly admits to liking underage boys. <laughs> so, just yeah, throwing that out there. I love her. She's a great <laughs> character. No, I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. She's a great character. <laughs> and uh, another another great thing is um, when you're first introduced to Asuka. Like, that whole... Well, when Shinji is first introduced to Asuka, more specifically, that whole scene is just basically her being naked. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... It definitely is a great introduction to her character because she's she's so spastic and you never know what the fuck she's gonna do. That's like... Fucking Sundarist. S- sidebar. The I think monkey. it's bold and brilliant that they held on to Asuka for like nine episodes till they introduce her because she changes everything in that show when when she shows up. She really does. And the balls they had to do that, it's amazing. And the fact that they still got to do as much as they did even after uh, she came in, like late as it was, like that made it even more amazing. Yeah. Also, it's worth pointing out. It's worth pointing out that Evangelion was one of the earliest shows that I can personally remember that had an openly gay main character Mm. with Kaudu. Yeah, very true. Also, in the original Uh, show, he only appears in one episode. Although it feels like so much more. That's really. He lives such an. He shows for like one or two episodes. I think it's he, he appears for one full episode. And I think maybe one or two scenes in another episode, but he only appears yeah. in one full episode. Even though he left such a huge impression. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, now I'm getting flashbacks to that scene. Oh, with that classical music, shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and then um, Hideki Ano, a few years after Evangelion, I guess he was at a, um, I think he was at a convention in Japan somewhere, and someone was asking him about like because Shinji mentions in the show how much that he quote unquote loved Kaoru for what he did for him. Yeah. And he was asked, so are they actually a thing? And he says. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact word. It was really funny the exact wording that he used, but he used something to the effect that Shinji doesn't limit himself to a single gender. Hmm. Good for Shinji. So he's he's basically he's basically confirmed that Shinji is supposed to be bisexual. Shinji is a fuckboy. He is a fuckboy. <laughs> what's the, what's that new word that people soy boy? What the hell? What? I've never heard of this. I've never heard of. <laughs> Go that. look it up. No, I'm oh, not. Thank you. Um, other things you should not look it look at look it up. Uh, Berserk. No, I'm kidding. Move, yeah, move on, <laughs> move on from that, please. Yeah, um, I'm gonna just touch on Berserk because that's a whole Pandora's box to unbox. Um, yeah. anyway, let okay. Here's the thing about Berserk. Berserk is brutal. It's visceral, and Very it doesn't brutal. give a fuck about what you feel. It will go out of its way to just portray the most fucked up, the most 
gory and the most like oh uh, like anyone who's read Berserk and heard the, and, and like says the word eclipse knows everything that needs no, to be does not, not like, hold Berserk. your hand when it comes to brutality. I mean, it may hold your hand, but it's yeah. gonna rip it off right afterwards. The first page of the manga is literally guts fucking a demon. Okay. What a great page of manga. One of the greatest pages of manga of all time. I mean, I would fuck a demon. I mean, well... Oh, no, you wouldn't that one. I would fuck I a demon, I too. Would. Her I've name seen is... it. I would fuck a demon, too. Her name is Satania. <laughs> Just you bully that shit. <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> anyway, I think Berserk is also, like, a very... I... Like, there's a lot of... Like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in Berserk to unpack, like, oh, I, I'll never forget. Like, there's a certain scene with Griffith in the, like, if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. Which is pretty much him butt naked, and it's such a powerful scene to, like, view him, like, what type of character he is and how he deals with pain. Um, Griffith did nothing that, wrong. That's objectively <laughs> untrue. Sidebar, that's objectively untrue. Oh, dear, I knew that would fuck him up. I'm not going into this. <laughs> That's objectively untrue. I can understand the case for Griffith, but saying he's di he did nothing wrong is objectively untrue. Anyway, you mean nothing wrong. He no, did. move on. Just move on. Yeah, just I'll in the post show I'll talk to you about. J it. Just anyway. in case anyone doesn't understand, um, Griffith is, and this is a spoiler, so very big spoiler yeah. warning. Like skip twenty seconds ahead. Uh, Griffith is basically a mass murderer and a rapist. Yeah, no, I can't understand people defending the mass murderer. I can't understand people defending the rapist. Enough, we're not opening this discussion. Yeah, fuck just you, everyone. To mention that real quick. All right, he could on. rape me. <laughs> well, Moving consensual, on. So it's not rape at that point. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Anyway, Berserk is incredible. Go watch the original show. Go read the manga. I'll just yeah, it's. I think it deals with fan service in a way that serves, like, the world and just shows how fucked up the world Miura created is. Um, and also it delves into other uh, parts of fan service, but... It definitely honestly, deals into a lot of gore service, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So That's if you also are, very if true. you are into ultraviolence and sex, you'll love Berserk. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, um, I don't know. Anything you guys want to add to Berserk, I just feel like... I feel like I need to read more of the manga to talk about it more in depth. I mean, it's, 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 it's sex, violence, raping, and pillaging. I mean, it's... But it definitely serves a purpose. It, it definitely... I would say that actually the fan service in Berserk serves to the world-building aspect of it. Because, like, the world is that that Berserk takes place in is, is fucking brutal, and it's fucking, like, nobody cares about your feelings in that world. Yeah. At all. So I definitely think the fan service that there is, and the gore service too, definitely serves to illustrate that. Especially, like you say in the very beginning, fucking a demon. Yeah, that that sets the tone. Whew. Okay, um, I think we're done with Berserk. Yeah. And... I mean, I got I got one more I could mention, but it's almost in the exact same vein as Berserk. Um, and Go it's for a it. show that it's a show that no one talks about because I I don't know why. Um, but uh, it's uh, a show called Nimdesign and. I know that's really hard to say. It's even harder to spell. Um, hmm. But um, it's a show that uh, aired in either 2009 or 2010. I can't remember now. 2008, according 2008. to 2008, okay. Oh, well, okay. That was pretty close. 2008. It was a show that was done to uh, mark the anniversary of uh, a channel called ATX. Um, 
And the show itself, kind of a lot like Berserk, deals into uh, sexual and ultra-violent themes. Um, and it has a lot of, like, Yuri fan service, but it's, like, all the way Yuri. It's not teasing Yuri. Like, you get to see there's girls, like, like banging each other out, and it's, like, it leaves very little to the imagination. Um, but it's, it, like, in the same vein as Berserk, it serves to illustrate the, the kind of world this takes place in, the story that's being told. Um, and it all comes full circle by the end. Um, because you find out that there was actually a point to all this. I won't really give it away, but I'll just say that. Um, it's yeah, definitely worth I, a watch if you have a very high tolerance for things like violence and sex and violence during sex. I see um, it's only six episodes as well. Yeah, it's, it's only six episodes long. Um, it's technically an OVA series, but each episode is 45 minutes long. So. Mm. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, you can get through it in a few hours. Um, actually, fun fact, we actually watched, because w- when we went to uh, AX, um, we were kind of bored one day before the convention, and we were laying around the hotel room. We had nothing to do. So someone put Crunchyroll up on the TV, and we were just you know, flipping through there to see what they, what they had that we could watch. And then Tom says, what's Nim Design? You've talked about that before, but I've never seen it. And it's like, well, you want to watch it? And we watched the entire thing that afternoon. How so, many episodes? Yeah. Twelve? Six. six. Oh, six. So not even that bad. No. Yeah. Also, another thing that the, it, uh, the, the fan service actually sort of illustrates, one of the key themes in the story is immortality and how it kind of sucks. Um, and the okay. fan service goes to show that because as people get, as these people who in the story who are immortal get bored, they kind of, they have to come up with more and more depraved things in order to uh, keep their attention and make their lives worthwhile. So, like, like I said, it, it's definitely worth a watch um, if you have a high tolerance. That's all I got. So, should, should we move on to ways that fan service goes yeah. bad? So, so far we've talked about really, really good shows that deal with fan services in either just good or brilliant way. Now it's time to talk about the the worst of the worst, the trashiest of the trash. Just, ugh. Blah. So, yeah, throw in some shows you think deal with like have really bad fan service that does just and explain why okay. i think i think that you should start with this one and you should start by talking about mirai nikki okay here we go <laughs> oh lord yeah. brace yourselves okay. boys and girls i hope you brought snacks remember Future take diary. shots every time you hear yuki <laughs> we've already no, done that that was a bad idea alcohol poisoning <laughs> anyway if you uh, want to see the results of that, you should check out our YouTube page. Very true. <laughs> anyway, Future Diary, let's be frank, that's not a very good show. Because it has some really good ideas and some interesting themes, but it never follows up any of that. And to spice it all up, it decides to be the edgiest. And I don't I don't like using that term, because I think it just, like, it sounds like you're, con- you're just, like, thinking less of a show. But fuck it, I am thinking less of Future Diary. It's Future Diary. It's just, ugh. God, I mean, Future Diary uses fan service to be edgy and nothing else. There's no substance behind it. There's, there's a, no There's reasoning. a point in the story. Yeah, there's a point in the story when you meet one of the Diary users, which is like, the whole point of the show is like this big uh, battle royale game that everyone's trying to kill each other and the winner becomes God. Why? Because reasons. It's stupid. Who cares? Because someone and... had an imaginary friend who was actually real. <laughs> No, it's actually because a businessman talked to God. It's like, hey, you should try this if you're looking for an, like uh, someone to, to be your successor. Anyway, and there's a point in the story where we meet a certain character, and 
it's like, oh, she seems cute and all, and then it's like, and then it's like, but actually, she's fucked up, because when she was a kid, she was raped by an entire clan of, like, religious people, it's like, wh why? That doesn't serve any purpose, it's like, and, like, and it don't leave a lot of room for the imagination, it's just, like, trying to easily get you to sympathize with her and it's stupid but then it tries to do that horrific moment and then like an episode actually in the same fucking episode there's a moment when another person is like captured and for some reason she's naked why i don't know and her tits are all hanging out now don't get me wrong wrong i don't care when tits are out but it's like <laughs> why it's there there's no reason for it it's just distracting, and it's like taking every, like, I can't take a show seriously when it's just, like, treating me like just a fucking master, master, ugh, master masturbator. There we go. <laughs> the, the, the def definitely the, uh, the soundbite of the, of the podcast. I don't mind when tits are out. <laughs> God oh, damn it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Like, the, the fan service in Mary Nikki is made even more cringy by the fact that these main characters are are in middle school <laughs> oh god that's right and then yeah and then by the end it's like and it's you know and shinji fucking each other it's like i don't give a shit about you two and no don't show me yuno's tits because i don't give a shit about her <laughs> it's not gonna make me go back to oh she's a brilliant character with deep personality issues no she's an idiot yeah, a lot of the a lot of the fan service in Mary Nikki is just there just to keep your attention because it mm -hmm. I, I think subconsciously like it knows it's a bad story so it just constantly flashes you tits and ass to keep your attention. It's it's, it's eye candy and that's exactly. exactly. And exactly. not even good eye candy. God, that show has no style whatsoever. I mean, it's the blandest and, and visuals ever. I'd like to point out that for the anime in particular, the the studio took great pains to make the characters look older than they are. But if you actually go and read the manga, they look incredibly young. It huh, just made I didn't know that. it's made really cringy. Like in in the in the anime, you can kind of suspend disbelief and think, well, these look old enough to be high school characters, and that's honestly, better. I didn't know they were middle school yeah. characters. I mean, but you look at that like that's that's better, but still not great. But it's better. But then you look and it's like they're middle schoolers, man. These are like from the age of of 11 to 13 <laughs> it's not good <laughs> chinoda what do you have to say about future diary <laughs> i'll be honest you guys might hate me for this little bit you like it don't you i Fuck. do like it e even, <sighs> even through it's all its problems all the cringe like looking back at it it is bad but at the same time i have fond memories of it because it was one of this was from way back when, when I, whenever I watched an anime, I just watched it and just enjoyed it. I didn't think. Too, uh, too I, th I much thought you were going. It. I thought you were going somewhere completely different with that statement. Do I? Well, I thought I you were gonna say. I, I thought you'd say I watch <laughs> watched anime just to masturbate to it. <laughs> I mean that that came afterwards. <laughs> I knew it. You sick son of a bitch. Hey, Shinji, I, stop I, I touching I'm yourself and getting the robot. <laughs> AK, the whole point of it. <laughs> Thank God you grew up. Oh, well, God. let's not get crazy here. <laughs> I gave you an out and you went right back in. <laughs> <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> He's dead. Jeez, Chinoda, why are you doing this? <laughs> Don't die. I'm alive. I'm alive. 
Oh good. Good lord. Oh good. Easy, Morty. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Morty. Morty. No. All right, stop. Okay. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't start coughing with that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> a pickle, Rick. <laughs> stop, you cancerous prick. Jesus. <sighs> I just see, like, uh, this is Chinoda. You know, gave me a pickle, Rick. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. What were we talking about? I don't remember. Future Fucking how Yuno sucks as a character. No. What? She literally sucks. Yeah, she literally she she sucked pretty good for someone. <laughs> oh god. Um. But after the let's, answer let's was move in, on. Um, yeah, let's just move on. In Mirai Nikki, it was very out of place, and it it was offset by everything else also. So. I mean, yeah, it was not I mean, absolutely terrible, in my opinion, but it didn't really have a place in there. It felt mm. more forced than anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. It's definitely something that feels like it was shoved in there after the fact. Mm. Um, yeah. well, I have, Thanks I have, for I, making me that, that just angry, Alex. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> uh, when, you, when I saw you, when I, when I put it on the list, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, he can, he can rant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Enough I have I have two that are kind of related that I want to talk about really quickly, Go um, and they're both for the same reason because they both deal with incest, um, just two God. different kinds of incest, um, <sighs> and that is uh, <laughs> that's a, a series called Kiss Excess and another one called Yosuga no Sora. Now a lot of people know Kiss Excess. A lot of people have seen it, and you know that it's just bad like it is literally just fan service for the sake of having fan service the one the redeeming quality is it's not real incest because they're step siblings wink 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 like okay i still don't want to put my dick in a stepsister um but it's just it's so cringy and it's like it's like i look at this and i'm thinking the only people this could possibly appeal to is people who have never actually seen a vagina in their life or a 12-year-old. Mm. That's it. Like, it, it's that bad. Like, the fan service isn't even that good. Like, it's almost, except for one particular scene, it's clothes on. So it's like softcore porn. The clothes are always on. Like, you never really see anything. And it's just basically, like, all you see is moaning, groaning, and humping. That's so, it. <laughs> I have a question for you, because you're watching Citrus. And I, I want to know, do you feel like that show? Because you really like it, right? I do, I do like it. I like the manga so, that it's based on. And that's incest, am I correct? Somewhat? It's it's, it's, it's it's kind of it, it's it's kind of kiss sexist. They're step siblings, not actual. Okay. And do you feel like that show does that right? I think it does it a lot better than kiss sexist. From what I've right. heard so far, and I haven't seen or read this yet, but it does delve into uh, more complicated issues. Yeah, like, it, one of the complex issues, and I was really surprised this actually, they actually showed this in the anime, because the it's kind of assault, like, right? the, yeah, the sexual assault scene in episode three, or four, I can't remember if it's in three or four now, but it's in the episode three or four. Um, like, and that's one of the things that Citrus, the manga itself kind of delves into, is like, what actually is sexual assault? Like, if you actually wanted it after the fact, does that still make it sexual assault in the moment? Um... So I would think it goes beyond fan service. Yes, there is fan service in Citrus, and yes, there's. Yeah, I think it kind of warrants. It's warranted in the plot, but I think it also serves to illustrate like a point, a good point as to like what kind of constitutes sexual assault. Mm. 
that's my feelings about citrus i really I don't want like... to talk too much about it because it's still airing and some people yeah. are still watching it yeah i will say it's we talked about monogatari i feel like monogatari also gets away with the wink wink incest part because it's sort of self-aware and kind of break con- breaks conventions because like the only incestuous moment is the infamous toothbrush scene and that moment is like it's not very anime in this like it's very anime but what i mean by that like so the scene is pretty much between aragi and his sister karen and they sort of like have this stupid challenge that whatever he, he brushes her teeth till she comes stupid anime bullshit anyway but the the interesting thing about it is just like there is, and then you have that classic anime where it's like someone steps in and sort of like cucks Araragi while he's doing it. It's like, but then they go back at it, which yes. I've never seen in any other anime. So it's like, again, I think it's part of this obviously just trying to fuck with his like audience or something. But I don't know, I felt like he got away with it. Yeah, there's a big, a there's a big difference, like though, that. like, in that, that particular scene that you're talking about. What's mm-hmm. going on between these two characters is consensual. Like That's very true. Like, Karen asks him to do this. Yeah, and also there's, like, a very, like, very simple series of events that lead to this moment. Yeah, I At mean, least, it's, it's, it's more n- than just sticking a toothbrush in someone's mouth. Yeah, it's, like, I'm... I'm like, I'm not elaborating that much because it's very deep, actually, in terms of, like, her, their intricate relationship. But, like, the arc before that leads up to, like, their relationship being at that point, which it's kind of fascinating when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, you can do, quote-unquote, incestuous fan service right. Yeah. Um, well, in kind of wrapping up the point with that, if Yasuga you... no Sora is an, another show that I wanted to talk about that's in the same vein. Uh, the difference is that this particular show deals with real incest between actual blood-related siblings. In fact, so blood-related, they're fucking fraternal twins. Oh my. That's pretty much as close as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cringy. Um and it actually, and what makes it so cringy is that the anime itself glorifies it. Like, it makes it seem like this is normal and this is what is, it's acceptable and it's okay. Because, I mean, I really don't want to spoil this too much, but it's based on a visual novel and there's multiple routes. And of course, it's kind of harem-esque. Um, but, like... At, toward the end, the the main character ends up hooking up with his fraternal sister, and they, it, it's like the canon relationship, so to speak. And all of the friends and and everyone, they're all okay with it, and they think it's all normal. And you look at this, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? This is not normal. Just imagine what the children are going to look like. <laughs> well, genetic uh, degradation doesn't happen until two or three uh, times down the line. Yes, but your family tree should have a fork in it. It definitely should, yes. <laughs> There's no fork yeah. in this family tree. <laughs> That's kind of but yeah, it, it just gets to the point where it, it, if, if, they went, if they wouldn't try to normalize it so much, it wouldn't be so bad. But it's the fact that they do that just makes it so unbelievably bad. Mm. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. I think you should talk um... about Fuka. Stop trying to make me make me this angry. <laughs> it's 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 freaking four a.m. I okay here we go. Fuka. So let's talk about Fuka. Episode one. It opens up and it's like this kid walks around with his 
had like facing his phone. Oh, okay, just talking and stuff. Then this girl with her headphones is like running along, and then she bumps into him, and then she's like, "Oh, Baka, you've seen my panties." Oh, Baka, she punches him, and then everyone's like, "Oh, we've seen her panties. What a pervert!" Then five minutes later, the pervert goes back to his home and. And wouldn't you know, the moment he walks in, his sister doesn't have any clothes, and also his younger sister, and his also older sister. And you're thinking to yourself, why am I even bothering with this show? And you just leave. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And the story. Yeah, that show just hits you over the fence of it's like a truck. <laughs> I believe Jason told you this is going to happen. Uh, actually, no, he didn't. I just watched... Okay, Jason recommended the, me watching that show before he, he, he got me hyped up, but it's like, okay, I'll check it out. And that, like, I kept going with it for several episodes, but that first episode did not leave a good impression. <sighs> <laughs> nah, I, I totally understand. I haven't, haven't seen the show, but I've seen some of the fan service in it, and it's like, no, it I don't need to see no, this. It, there's a moment where they go to the studio and they introduce this like badass chick who plays the guitar and it's like, oh whoa, she's so cool. And and then the main character trips over a wire, flies across the room and lands lands on her chest because of course it's the worst. It's really How bad. how fortuitous. <laughs> That's never happened to me in real life. Yeah. Just right? like I I've never fallen into someone's boobs either. I've run into people, but I've never fallen into their boobs. <laughs> Yeah, mm. Fuka's not good, guys. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe sorry. I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> There's a little page in the manga which is like a, a, another character just like butt naked showering. It's like okay, you're not even trying to hide your intentions anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about Fuka. It's not worth further discussion, to be frank. Have you actually uh, seen Fuka, uh, Chinoda? No, I have not. Don't. Yeah, don't. I don't know. This sounds like pretty good reason to see it. Oh no, you don't get to see that that shower scene in the in the anime, but yeah, just just leave it. Yeah, exactly. Well, if that's all you got for Fuka, I have two others that are kind of related that I want to talk about before we kind of wrap this up, maybe. Yeah, go for it. All right, there's two um, two shows that are sort of similar. Um, they're like battle girl shows. Um, one's called Sekide, and the other one's called Witchblade. Now, Sekide is kind of a <clears throat> A girl battle show where it's, it's all girls that fight each other but it's also there's a, a male main character that okay so the, the these these girls can only activate their powers that they have by getting their first kiss so guess who the main character gets to kiss all these girls <laughs> but then they get to fight each other and it's like it, it's a whole rigmarole it's not a great show um but again, it's one of those shows where it's like the fan service is there just for the fan service. Like, and it's one of the, it, it's a show where like the nudity isn't censored. So like there's big floppy tits hanging all over the place. And that's another thing. This show has all the girls, except for like, I think one in the show has enormous tits, like double, triple G's. Um, and you get to see them like bare chests and everything. Um, but then, like, when they fight, when these girls actually fight, like, their clothes rip, and, like, you can see their underwear. It's just... Uh, um, but it, it almost seems kind of really condescending to the female characters, the way the fan service is done. It's like, you're, you know, the, you're, that's the only reason you're actually in this show, is so we can show your tits. Like, that's how the fan service is done. Hmm. So, 
Um, oh, I can't yeah. I can't recommend Sekire. It's not a great show. I do own it on Blu-ray. Riker will point that out. You just filthy son of a. But guy. I have I have a reason. It was on sale for ten dollars for both seasons, and it's how I watched the show. I bought it sight unseen. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, um, any other really bad examples of fan service? Well, I was going to say the, the other one that's kind of in that vein is Witchblade. Okay. Um, it's another girl battle show, which is actually based on a Western um, graphic novel series um, of the same name, Witchblade, and it's basically about this like weapon that uh, only women can use, and it's been kind of passed on throughout history. And there's multiple versions of this weapon, but it, it can only be used by women. Mm. Um, and they basically fight each other for reasons. I don't even think it's ever really explained. Um, but the anime adaptation of Witchblade um, takes it kind of a step further. Um, and actually, if you if you get Witchblade on DVD, which I have, I do actually like the the graphic novel series that it's based on. So I have an out on that one. Um, mm. But it, it one of the things that they talk about in the, like the special features is the the animation company, which was Gonzo, um, really? went to the creators of Witchblade and said, "Do you mind if we change a few things?" And they're like, "Well, what do you want to change?" And it's like, "What do you think about the main character like having sexual pleasure from using the Witchblade?" And they're Are like, you serious? Okay, so yeah, I'm not kidding. That actually happens. So it, it doesn't happen in the graphic novel, but. Their their rationale for this is that every woman who receives the Witchblade reacts to it differently. Like, I remember way back then when the Funimation <laughs> channel was still on TV, I watched a couple episodes here and there. I was like, the hell is the, uh, up with this? I didn't understand. I was like 11 or 12 at the time. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's kind of old. Um, um, yeah, um, again, another show with a lot of women with enormous tits. Um, but basically the only thing that, that the fan service is there for is to like unbelievably sexualize the main character who is a single mother who has like a lowly child who's yeah, more responsible than she is. I'm looking at a poster. It's like a redhead with huge tits and there's a lolly in the background. It's like, okay. That's her daughter. I remember the daughter um, was actually really sweet. Like that, actually, the daughter is a really cute character and actually more useful than half of the male characters in that show. No bullshit. That's Somebody a 24-episode ma- show. It is a 24-episode show. Um, that's another thing about Witchblade. All of the male characters in that show are so unabashedly stupid. Hmm. I just uh, I can't recommend it, but definitely, if you get a chance, read the, the Western graphic novel series. It's pretty good. Great artwork, by the way. Okay. Anyway. Well, I think we we went through a lot of b- both good cases for bad, for fan service and bad cases for them. I think we got a a good range of shows to talk about and yeah. trying to figure out certainly others, but uh, these are the ones yeah, that definitely there are step, many, stand many out more. Minds. It's there are many many more animes littered with fan service esque shows. And there's one um, there's one airing this season. It's called Darling the Franks, and it's great. <laughs> You guys want to touch on that quick? Because I know you two are, have been keeping up with it. I'm planning on probably watching it when it's done. Uh, I think do you guys want to touch on it quick? <laughs> yeah, I sure, think it's going to be something like Evangelion when it ends. Like We're only a few episodes in at this point. It's a 24-episode show. It's announced as a 24-episode show. Although we um, can already tell. It is basically the baby child of Evangelion, uh, Gurren Lagann. Uh, and Kill a Kill. And Kill a Kill. It is Trigger. the baby child of all of them. Trigger and A1. And my god, it is amazing. 
Yeah, and I'd like to point out that um, like this is that is uh, we've mentioned it before on another podcast. This is a collaboration between Trigger and A One. So you got Trigger's mm-hmm. great animation, and you have A One's amazing marketing and budget. So yeah, it and it looks every bit of it. It looks like yeah. a fifty grand to spend on every single episode just in the animation alone. Mm. I've been seeing a lot of art of this pink-haired girl, and she yes. she she seems like a very special character. Zero I'm gonna two. enjoy. <laughs> I want to be her darling. <laughs> My God! But yeah, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of overtly sexual references in the show, and, and there's definitely like they basically to use the mechs that they pilot in the show. They basically have to line up in to pilot the mech inside the cockpit, doggy style. Like no, I'm not BS, kidding. That's that exactly is actually how it is. the show. And there's even they even take it one step further because they give the men in the back handlebars to hold on to. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Trigger, for just making dreams come true. This show is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it when it's uh, close yeah. to it ending. Oh, there is one other thing I'd like to point out really quick. And actually, you're probably going to really dis- disagree with me on this, Natai. Okay. But there mm-hmm. is fan service in a show that you and I both love that I just want to point out. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. There's a specific episode of uh, Part 3, Stardust Crusaders. I know what you're talking about. Where No, I don't think you do. Where you actually get to see um, Paul Nareff turn into a baby. That's very true. And you get to see him completely naked, like, and it's like he looks like a two-year-old baby, and you get to see him naked, little tiny penis and all, and it's kind also of in part like... four. Did you forget? That's true. You get to see was um, Yamato Hayato. or Hayato, Hayato. Yamato. <laughs> um, Yamato. It's, not, it's, it's not a fucking battleship. Um, <laughs> Hayato, yeah, you get to see him naked in uh, part four. Although he's a little bit older than. Polnareff was supposed to be in part three. I don't know. It's yeah, just, but it's it's kind of cringy to me because it's a little kid. It's a I'm... naked little kid. It doesn't try to sexualize it though. No, it doesn't sexualize it's it just at all. But there. I can I can see some creepy ass pedophile getting off that. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about like the Maria episode with just Joseph Joestar and Abdul going at it because of magnets, but never mind. <laughs> no, that's just funny. <laughs> I will say JoJo does. Fans like fan service. Uh, also, actually, free. We haven't talked about it, but I won't get into that much. But I think this oh, shows this shows just service. by having like really good character design, have somewhat really good fan service. Like if you're into very bulky guys and that's your thing, that's like yeah, cool. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. Let's let's get out of here because I think Jonah has to in, actually go. Yeah, you're into that stand up power. But yeah, uh, let's wrap it up. Um, so, this was a fun little discussion about fan service. Uh, I think yes. we all enjoyed it, going into the good and the bad and everything that's in between. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think this is a good place to stop. Uh, we've been at it for a while now. and I think, For now, uh, anyways. We, we yeah. should uh, re- revisit this topic, though. It, it's an ongoing topic. Yeah, in a couple yeah. of years, perhaps. And we will, because this is the first part of our new, small, very small miniseries that's about sexuality in anime and yes. this part one the first part is about fan service uh next part we're gonna cover for this miniseries is about the about the the uh <clears throat> topic of lgbt in anime which Let is gonna be quite fascinating tomato. no get out <laughs> fuck you 
Uh, that's gonna be fascinating, in my opinion. That's like a real cool topic. And yeah, this is the first part of three of a three uh, podcast episodes. Which uh, yeah, this is a cool little thing. We we, yeah, we thought that like, we thought that Fe- February would be a good uh, time to do a, a mini series about sex and sexuality in anime. It is, yeah. after all, the month of love. Ooh, indeed. But yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure we all enjoyed it. I think it's uh, time to wrap it up. Um, but yeah, if you guys, if you are lovely listeners, enjoyed what you listened to here, um, you're more than welcome to check out our other stuff. You can visit our website, animeclubafterdark.com, for our uh, both to vote. Go vote on Best Girl and Best Boy of 2017. That's super important, so go over there and vote. And check out some other stuff. And like, uh, uh, our... I uh, would be mm. worth pointing out that uh, I recently uploaded Chapter 7 of the web novel I'm working yeah, on. Yeah, I was about to say that. Alex is still going the web novel. It's still pretty, pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to start reading it. I'm waiting for more stuff to come out, so I won't be like, I need more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's up there, out there as well. And we also upload, uh, start, start uploading our podcast episodes to YouTube. So go search YouTube for Anime Club After Dark and check out our channel. And if you want, you can listen to our stuff over there as well on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're also there as well. And if you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, maybe even a bit more lewd fun, you can check out our Facebook group at let me get that URL right at facebook dot facebook dot slash group slash I make club after dark and uh, we have a lot of cool shit over there uh, a lot of memes a lot of uh, lewd stuff good shit good shit yes yeah and if like you have it. any question comments or criticism about this episode or any episodes feel free to shoot us an, shoot an email our way um and again all the links are in the description so go ahead if you want to check it out um but yeah that was fun. Um, How did you like I've, your first episode as a host? That was that was that was really fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I've been stumbling a bit, but uh, hopefully yes. I've done decently. That's the goal. Um, Will you be doing yeah. it again? Ooh, oh, maybe that's... if I get sick again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this cough is gone by next week when we record again. <laughs> I'm up for it. If, uh, if we have a JoJo's episode too, by the way. Oh yeah. Also, by the way, um, along with announcing the upcoming uh, parts for the sexual ministers, also, we're doing a JoJo's episode real soon, which is going to be a two-parter, because you can't do a JoJo episode with in, in only one part. Yeah, we're, and... doing, we're doing one episode devoted entirely to the anime, and then another episode devoted entirely to the exactly. manga. Exactly. And in March, Axe and I are going to talk about a little show called March Comes In Like a Lion, because yes. it's quickly becoming one some of the best drama this year so yes look out for that real soon but yeah um i've been your host itai and i will see you all next time say good night everyone good night darling nighty night bye